Hi everybody and welcome to the Women in ELP podcast. This is episode six. I'm Abigail Ullman and I'm Steph Poor. and we're joined today by Melissa Dickens from Infor. Hi everyone. Hi Melissa. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here. So if we get started let's have a little recap of what we've been up to. Steph's been the busiest she's ever been (laughs) because she's going on holiday soon. I'm trying trying to clear the decks but yeah end of Q1 was mental um I seem to have just had event after event all the all the events are kind of ramping up both socially like personally I mean and uh, business wise so I don't know about anyone else but I just seem to have a lot of like conferences and events and everything and particularly in the last week it's just gone a bit nuts I just can't wait for holiday next week to be honest (laughs) yeah that'd be nice what about you Abby uh It's just a mad one. It's just been a mad week. It's Easter holidays here. So I've got the kids at home and Chris, my partner, I always say every episode he's a pilot, (laughs) but he, um, they're so short staffed at the moment that he's, I thought he'd have a load of standbys, but he's flying. Um, So yeah, it's been difficult. And at the same time, I've been volunteering for STEMETS this week and I've moved, well, I'm about to move into an office. (laughs) yeah so it's all a bit mad <laughs> but yeah it's good good busy uh just working 24 7 which is uh crazy I think we can all, all relate <laughs> yeah and I saw that you'd hosted um, a little IFS women's event this week yeah we had a women in tech event which was really good uh with uh Jacqueline de Rojas uh doing a talk so yeah it was really good it was a shame we had quite a few dropouts because of um Covid still buggering everything up but uh yeah no it was really really good and I think it set a really good foundation for a kind of customer and partner kind of IFS focus network so yeah it's gonna be good yeah and I think it's it's inspired us um at work I think we're gonna have an event absolutely so uh, yeah watch the space get arranging that yeah and at the same time I'm building a an app as well so I'm learning to code I'm building an app (laughs) I don't know how you put it all in, Abby. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> bit of this, bit of that. So, uh, yeah, we get there. But, um, yeah, all good. And we're joined today by Melissa Dickens from Infor. Hello. Tell us a little bit about you and who you are. Yeah, um, I have got um, two grown-up children. I've got two uh, fur babies. Um, I've always worked in ERP, so started off my career in ERP and I've never left. So that's been a, quite a journey. I'm not going to say exactly how many years that is or how old my children are. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I, you know, like to walk my dogs and go to the gym, well, try to go to the gym, um, you know, spend time with family, you know, friends in the you know, outside of work. But yeah, I mean, the, working in the food and beverage industry so two of my favorite things so uh that is a a great industry for me to be in and it's really exciting it's really disruptive very uh challenging at the moment but um I'm really enjoying it yeah absolutely and and what do you do as your role in for so I'm a senior account manager working as new business so all new business um predominantly I've worked as account management looking after existing customers but this is new business role and it's just food and beverage um, focused. So it's got a good to have that focus um, and really good to kind of understand the 
the quirkiness of the food and beverage industry, shall we say, um, and yeah. the challenges that they have. Um, when we look at food and beverage, we then look at kind of you've got dairy, you've got meat, you've got produce, all with their different quirks, different processes, different challenges. So it's a kind of vast industry, um, but it's exciting. And, you know, the, some good people that I'm working with and, you know, it's they're good, fun people in the food and beverage industry. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And hopefully they're providing you with lots of samples. <laughs> Not yet, but uh, let's hope so. <laughs> One of my colleagues um, has a, a, a dessert manufacturer and uh, he, he went for a meeting the other day and he literally came back with a whole big full of cake <laughs> and then just sent us all photos of the cake we didn't have, but he had. <laughs> like, that Brilliant. Is... <laughs> it's good when you get the, the alcohol ones. That's it, yeah. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> There's a, there's a famous whiskey one that <laughs> fills your boots. <laughs> She's got a sub vertical, have you? That's just focused on uh, on booze. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. I'll put my hand up for that one. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa and I actually go back. We we uh, used to work together very closely, so we're good friends. Um, but Melissa, do you want to start kind of how you originally got into kind of uh, you originally at info, weren't you? kind of back in the day I know you've gone back there it, but yeah um, it was do you want to kind of talk about the early part of your yeah career? it was in for it's called Markham Solutions back then um so I wasn't afforded to go to university um as probably many of the uh, people would have, have have done through that channel into sales um my family um you know couldn't really afford to to kind of support me solely in that in that respect my mom was very poorly and subsequently she died when I was young so kind of my effort into that was to kind of support the family by going into to full-time employment I had a young child at the time but I really wanted a career as well um, but I was fortunate to work with people that kind of could see your worth and could see that you were good in other areas and kind of help you with your career to kind of you know push you along that that route um, and I've had mostly predominantly men actually that I've, I, that I've worked for but um, and really I've kind of seen potential mainly started off in sort of sales supports role working up to kind of really supporting kind of global teams to then kind of doing sort of inside sales then account management and then moving back then to to new business so it's been um you know a really interesting career and always learning and I think the key thing is to always be sort of challenging yourself I think that I think I find it the most interesting when there is that time to kind of really challenge yourself yeah absolutely Absolutely. So if we if we go if we go back, um, you know, when, when you were obviously that young girl uh, working at, at you know, you, the, when you first came in for the sales support role where you started, did you ever envisage that you would get to where you are now? Because given you, you've been, you know, you've, you've literally kind of risen through the ranks and I've got so much experience that did you ever have the belief that you would get to where you are? Um... I don't think at that point it was kind of a belief or a career path. I think nowadays they come in and there's a mentoring program, there's a clear roadmap of where you're going to be and you have all that support. I think in this kind of 90s, it wasn't really that kind of sort of thought through, really. Maybe if we'd have asked for it, maybe we could have had had that. And I think to some degree, just by default, working with some good managers, that they saw potential that there was a path, if, if you like. But I think back then it was really about supporting my family, um, you know, and kind of just doing a job that I enjoyed. Um, yeah. I think really it was probably in the last 
10 years that you probably really start to think about where do I want to go with my career and then you really make a conscious decision that you're going to make sure that you that you do everything you can and learn as much to be able to get to that to that point and I think for for sort of the younger generation coming in now they're in a very you know fortunate position that we've got more robust mentoring um, capabilities and 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 we're kind of really looking at how do we attract the right people in our business and, and keep them so I think that you know it's more fortunate but you mentioned earlier that there were lots of men that supported you on your journey. That sounds so wrong, Gabby. That sounds so wrong. <laughs> Male mentors yeah. that supported you yeah. on your journey. <laughs> um, did you find that you were the only female, like you were breaking boundaries, or did you have women that you could look up to and aspire to? Yeah, good question. Or was it men that you were looking up to? Yeah, good question. There's always been women role models within um, organisation. Infor's got diverse, um, you know, um, women-men ratio. Um, And in fact, one of my good friends who I was in a a similar role for a number of years with at Infor, she's now, um, you know, director within within Infor. So she's also gone up the ranks and, and, you know, so that's really great. Really kind of look up to her, proud of her. Um, And so... I think predominantly within sales team, I always find myself to mainly be the only woman. Yeah. Um, I think it changed a little bit IFS and now coming back into info, um, there is more of a, a split ratio, but I think it's predominantly predominantly men really. Um, so that's, I don't feel that that's ever been a challenge to be honest with you, because I think I have the same mentor as you do Steph, one of the boys, yeah. you know, one of the lads, Absolutely. you just kind of uh, roll your sleeves up, get stuck in and, you know, you get on with it. And I don't feel like I want to have that, you know, you don't feel limited. I, no, I don't. You feel like you've got the same opportunity. Yeah. It's interesting because when Melissa joined IFS, she was actually the only woman in the sales team and I wasn't part of the sales team then. And I remember thinking, Oh, there's a woman like maybe maybe I can do like and you pretty well have known that but I was I was already looking up to you thinking oh like there is there are other options and it kind of although I kind of had a a idea in my mind that's where I wanted to go next to actually see someone doing it actually was quite inspiring for me so so, thank you well it's really interesting because um when I was um you get approached by various headhunters etc and had a chat with a couple during my sort of sales career. And it was very interesting because the comment came back to say, look, you know, if you want X, Y job, then you are really, um, you know, you're going to be really favoured, not only because of, you know, your career and what you've achieved, but also because you are a woman. I found that astonishing because a lot of the tech companies now see that I need diversity and that they, you know, want to start to employ more women. So I found that very interesting. We had a very interesting conversation. Yeah, I've had similar ones as well. And yeah, I find it, in some ways, I find it quite sad that that it's even, oh, well, you're going to be, you, yeah, you, you've got an advantage because you're a woman. It should just be the first person gets the job. But equally, I'm, you know, yeah. at least they're looking at it they're looking at it but I'd like to for them you know like we had some interesting conversation I said they're looking at it but there's also what do women and men bring to those sorts of skills or what is it the individual and that's what I think is quite important as well isn't it it's that individual what do they bring absolutely yeah 100% I think we help especially in uh, sales teams 
it helps to address the kind of testosterone fueled it kind of rebalances it slightly um because it can be a bit much sometimes yeah and I mean I'm laid back you know you have banter and you know it's just part of it if you you're going to be precious and stuff then you know I don't I I think in this sort of industry as well in sales you kind of have to have a little bit of a thick skin and you know you kind of uh, and I mean in new business you can get you you can get so many no's you, you literally have to have a bit of a tenacity in you anyway well I was going to ask you about that so I worked in sales for a little bit of my time and to be honest I did not enjoy it it's very difficult (laughs) (laughs) Um, how do you find it on the mental health like how do you manage that because there's so many highs and and lows and how do you cope both of you I guess yeah I think I think that just by I think you look at yourself and talking to other people who you were working with and looking up to to kind of say hey you know where are my skills that's it you never you never should never ask that with people where do you feel that my strengths are um and I do that quite a bit but I think I'm very adapt to change I think software and just the world in general especially in the food and beverage now it's all about change how quickly can you change and adapt and I think I'm one of those people I think just from my childhood my history you know I think I've learned to adapt and change so I think that I can pick myself up and kind of move on not take that too personally at the end of the day I think that's kind of you know wait where you can't what you can't do yeah and I think it's very different um and it's it brings new challenges and I kind of like overcoming those challenges so for me it feels like it's it's the right thing and it's keeping on my toes there's something new every day you've got to you know you've got to work for it And when you do get the the contract at the end of it I mean that's absolutely amazing but just as quickly as it's amazing it's right onto the <laughs> Yeah, yeah I completely yeah. relate to that I, I mean it, I, I I similar to Melissa in terms of it's it's kind of you, you have to have a bit of a thick skin and and whilst you might uh obviously we all aim to sign every single every single deal the reality is that, that doesn't happen but I think as long as you can walk away and think I did the best I could do I think that goes a long way um and I think you know yeah. I know we're both quite similar in that in terms of we'll always give it our all and you know, if, if it if it doesn't come off, yeah. then it doesn't come off. You la- lessons learned. But it's interesting. I've noticed. I had a great year last year, and I noticed actually, whilst I signed some really great deals, every time I signed them, I always found it such an anticlimax because it was you know this whole momentum of like I got all <laughs> done now and excitement. I'm going to do it, and I was so focused. And then after it's like, oh, what now? Like I need the next one. It was it's like some kind of weird adrenaline rush that once you've actually signed it. It's, <laughs> I don't know it's, it's weird yeah, yeah you gotta keep going yeah. you're addicted <laughs> I remember my son in uh, my son came back from uni through covid um came to live with me so it's me my son and, and the dogs oh, um, great. and he didn't have anything really to do you know he was focused just on his one hour exercise that he could do a day and I remember him saying I, and I actually phoned him so I was going to do this with you with you with you guys and you know if you've got any comments from from my career and from what that's brought to you he said, I just remember waking up, going to bed. You were always at your desk. I literally thought, do you do anything else but work? And I, and I was working long hours. But there was not, that also probably was a, it's not good to do too many hours, but also in lockdown, when everyone's getting bored and frustrated, I was kind of focused. So that gave me that focus and the normality. But my son had said that, you know, he was going through a hard time because working, um, working in university and in lockdown he was um, not been able to go to lectures 
like everybody else was. He wasn't socialising. So that was a really tough time for him going through his um, time at uni. And it said it gave him a bit of a, a shove up the backside to kind of work mm-hmm. harder because he could see success. He could see the hours that you put in. He could see what it brought to me when you were successful. And it doesn't always mean signing a contract successful. Just having a great conversation with a customer, um, you know, and, and talking through a business challenge. To me, that's a win, you know. So he kind of went on and, you know, he graduated with flying colours and he's now doing um, sort of a sales type of role himself and is absolutely enjoying it. But he did say, mom, you did give me that inspiration to work harder. So that's that's good. That's, that's amazing. He can't ask more. Yeah, that speaks to me because I've got my kids watching me every day just doing work <laughs> and obviously playing with them as well. But, you know, they sit and they, they'll see what I'm doing. And, and just to know that actually there's an impact there, a positive impact, that's, that speaks volumes to me. So, And I think that, um, I mean, my son's too old and your sounds your children are smaller, but it's, it's the greatest thing with children because I've had my niece and nephew who are younger and they take, they copy you. Yeah. And the way they copy you in their style, you can kind of see that image of what you portray when you're in your work. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> my, my niece is normally doing a bossy voice, you know, that's, that's their interpretation. <laughs> Speaking really quickly and then bossy. Your brother's like, oh, Auntie Melissa's been, <laughs> to be listening to Auntie Melissa again. Yeah. I remember yeah. during lockdown and Ethan used to appear with cups of coffee and yeah. We may have had a few uh, beverages every now and then in the evening. And yeah, I remember he was always, like you say, watching. Bringing my other glass of Prosecco. (laughs) I think it might have been a bottle, Melissa, but we won't. uh, No one's judging. Oh, yeah. Love it. (laughs) So tell us more about the food and beverage industry and then what Infor are doing for that industry at the moment. Well, Infor are very only concentrating on a um, you know a few verticals and food and beverage is one of those. So um, we're building a lot into the product and have already built into the product, make it true SaaS multi-tenant. Um, but so it's got the, the functionality already in there for food and beverage alongside accelerators for different kind of um, verticals within the food and bev. When I say verticals, I mean for dairy, for meat, etc. Yeah. The food and beverage industry, I mean, if you think of it. Um, and have those discussions it's kind of like who else kind of grows or or has to go and hunt for their raw materials so in the fish industry you know we're effectively they're hunting for fish the right yeah. fish for Morrisons or for Sainsbury's or for whoever yeah um and we're effectively hunting for our raw material or who has raw material in that we don't really know what we're getting because the weather could dictate the you know the 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 raw material that we're getting in um the weather where we're planting seeds where the animals are um you know and all of that yes. sort of stuff yeah yeah so it's very um very challenging and food and beverage companies need to adapt and be very agile and always innovate i mean innovation is key you look at now um you know my daughter's vegan and she's been vegan for a while but when she was on a journey of vegan um, you know, there wasn't much around that she could actually buy. Now you look at factories that are, you know, producing, say, beef burgers, for instance, and they've got opening new factories for their vegan range. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, and they're having to, that's a whole different process. They're having to be really sort of creative. So our software is geared around the whole kind of, um, you know, industry and supply chain and new product development and, you know, the, the whole ERP backbone. 
um, for those for that industry. And you're almost, I guess, future proofing based on, you know, future trends and um, climate issues as well, for instance. Yes, we've seen so many disruptions in supply chain. I mean, look, if you've got a product, we're looking at probably bread's going to be kind of, um, you know, difficult to get hold of or more expensive because of the grain. So companies will say, alternatively, what else can we do to make this product but use a different ingredient? Well, that then has an impact on, the whole production, the labelling, the ingredients, the, the cost. I mean, how, what is the cost of adding in a different ingredient? So having to be agile like that, you need solutions around to be able to help you. Doing that on spreadsheets is just going to be a, you'll be, you know, you'll be left behind type of type of. And thing. have you seen an increase in the last couple of years, given COVID, given all the various crises that we keep sadly having? Have you seen that, you know, quite a lot on, say, legacy systems and suddenly they're looking at how are we more? How can we be more agile? So whilst as a business, they might have great ideas, but the reality is, is that their systems hold them back. Are you seeing quite a lot of change there as well? Yeah, I think that's on a CIO's mind, isn't it, really, about the whole digital transformation. And when we say digital transformation, it doesn't have to be that whole, you know, um, the whole sort of um, business. It could be areas that, you know, are digital, are digitalized, to have better, you know, transparency of data. I mean, that's key in any industry, isn't it? Um, but yeah, um, that's definitely... That's definitely something that's on, you know, the forefront and, and where we like to kind of help as a partner. It's not coming in, selling software, then going. It's kind of making sure that, you know, you were there as a as a partner along with their journey to guide and to make sure that they are achieving the goals that they originally set out Um you know, when we were when we first originally talking to them. So I think that's all really important. Um, it's important for you, I guess, to be abreast of current events, to know exactly what's going on, where in the world, and how that's going to impact the supply chain and your customers ultimately. So do you find you're constantly sort of looking at news and researching and, and staying ahead of events? Yeah, I mean, I think I've um, signed up for every food and beverage article newsletter <laughs> always on LinkedIn and part of part of my daily routine is on LinkedIn on you know looking at what's current um you know looking at recent kinder egg um recalls for instance I mean that's a whole can be an absolute nightmare for businesses oh, what a nightmare at Easter oh yeah <laughs> I know <laughs> I bought some <laughs> yeah. I mean it's alleged at the moment does that mean you've got to crack them open just to check yeah. <laughs> Save them for the kids yeah but yeah you definitely have to stay and I and that's part of my um you know part of what I do is I really enjoy that whole research um I find it really interesting and how that then is relevant to you know customers or prospects that you are working with yeah it's it's interesting because you you know you have your career you have your whole like job that you do on a daily basis but around that in your own time you're still researching you're still planning so it's almost like you do end up working through don't you just like 24 7 but without knowing it yeah and I think you know with our you know technology as we have it now sitting on the sofa and I'll be kind of like you know what are you doing oh I'm just researching or looking at this because it becomes a bit of a and I don't want to say hobby but it's a passion shall we say and I think that anything you do that you have a passion or you really enjoy doing you naturally want to do it well and you're interested in doing it so rather than searching through Facebook and looking for clothes on there looking at 
supply chain issues or <laughs> what the impact of this has on whatever and you know that, that's so yeah, true. I'm not doing that every single night that sounds really sad <laughs> It's all right, Minister, I know you. <laughs> but I was getting, but but it's so true. I think if you're passionate about, you know, you know, your career or, or something within that, like you say, the whole industry, then it, it, it you don't feel like you're working. So it just becomes part of the norm. And I think that's almost like the utopia of getting the balance right, really. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Melissa. I'm gonna let you go. Uh, but yeah we appreciate you coming on and um yeah speak to you soon thank you thank you very much great thanks for having me bye